Placing a trade shouldn't be complicated. It should be smooth as butter. The Fidelity app makes investing easy with zero commission U.S. stock and ETF trades, no account minimums, and fractional shares trading. Fidelity, where nothing comes between you and the trade. That's smooth. Download our app free from the App Store or Google Play. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. No account minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. I feel like what he's really saying is like, remember that time that I said I was falling in love with you? <laughs> That's the whole thing. And then we kissed and you seemed really into it. Remember when you gave me the first impression, Rose? Like... Remember that, that still happened. Like, that was a thing. <laughs> I mean, it's just... And yet it kind of works. The She's first like, impression I am thinking about that. is being weaponized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Well, we had half an episode last night, so I think it's only fitting that we give you all half a recap today. But we're going to try to do a little bit more than that. To recap the recap? I mean, we can make something work. It's very meta. It's sort of, I like to think of it as as like a sort of metatextual like novel where there's actually more to say because of the nesting dynamics that are going on. You I mean, know? I think as cultural critics, we could really give ABC some feedback on the way that they recapped the season that we've literally just watched. I mean, they should pay attention. This is how recapping is supposed to be. It's not... Chris Harrison saying, weren't you frustrated at that moment? And Hannah saying, Chris, I was. Cue it's what, the cliff. It's what we're about to do. We are going to show Chris Harrison and Hannah how to recap an episode of The Bachelorette. And to do all of that with us, we are joined by Maddie Kahn, senior editor at Glamour Magazine. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Thanks so much for, for coming. being here. Um, we're sorry that it's for this episode, which was barely an episode. But we will also be getting into the newly announced Bachelor in Paradise cast, so all is not lost. Yeah, and there was like a high density of drama for the episode that we did get. We even got a rose ceremony. So I just concluded that maybe every episode should be one hour long. It was a very pleasant amount of time. It was. I was like, oh, wow, everything's wrapping up. It's over. I guess it's been two hours. And it was like (laughs) 8.55. It could be like this. Like, we could have this life. It's out there. It's possible. (laughs) We've glimpsed the future. There's so many shows out there that are only an hour long. It's like, how did it never occur to The Bachelorette that they could be an hour long? Well, in fact, it did because the (laughs) beginning seasons of the show were an hour long. I'm trying to imagine. Imagine what would it have been like to be recapping the show and it was an hour long and then to find out that it was going to be permanently twice <laughs> as long. I would have lost my mind. 
this podcast would have been over. But um, <laughs> luckily or unluckily, we dove into this world where we only knew the yeah. two hour. The two hour of benchmark time. was all you guys had. Yeah, it's yeah. all we had. So we're we're just completely we're you know. Chris Harrison was just like, I just feel like my voice is getting lost in the one hour. So oh he God. really needed the two for some like, like pull what away chats. Chit chats, some more therapy sessions, some more Christmas. Some more of, how do you feel about that? <laughs> just a little bit. I'm baffled by that whole but like Chris has been, I think, over the years kind of disappearing slowly from the shows and more like, oh, he's busy, he's got other stuff to host. He doesn't need to be there, like, constantly comforting the lead. But this season, he is extremely present because Hannah... Is falling apart. Extremely <laughs> lost lady. So, she needs help. So adrift. Who would have thought that casting a 24-year-old <laughs> might result in this? Who could have anticipated <sighs> this? There's a moment when Chris asks her what's wrong, and she says everything through tears. And I had this visceral flashback to, like, childhood. <laughs> And my parents being like, honey, what's wrong? And me being like, everything. Like, it's just like a very, like, paternal sort of dynamic that he had with her at that moment. I mean, she needs it. She needs she needs support. Um, and I'm glad she's getting it. Uh, of course. So we cut right back to Scotland. Uh, we're back. Hannah has just told Luke P., I can't give you this rose. Um I want to say this was the most painful not giving out of a rose on a one-on-one I have ever seen. Hannah does not seem convinced as she's doing it that she is sending him home. And so he has extra, like, purchase to be unclear that she is sending him home, which is already his thing is being like, I'm sure she's not sending me home. Impossible. And she's not really being that clear about it. So, of course, he's like, so, like, I'm staying, like, probably. And she's like, no, no, you're going home. She does at one point, though, say, I want you to respect that. You are going home, and I want you to respect that. It's important to remember that, given what happens next. Right. Yeah. The enforcement (sighs) isn't really what we need it to be. There's, like, there's the... There's just no enforcement of the yeah. needing to respect anything. Well, I'm just imagining yeah. production started panicking when they see Hannah be like, no, you're going home. Because there is no other conflict amongst these I mean, of honestly, men. we're halfway through the show. A villain like Luke often goes home at this point. I saw people on Twitter being like, they have to keep him around for the drama. That's not true. Chad went home at this point. Lots of Lots of the villains go home at this point and they make something work. Other drama arises when, like, the main dude is gone or we focus more on the relationship. Oh, I think they definitely could have had him go home I and he should have gone home. I think would be totally fine with him going home at this point. And if not, then, like, how have they made the show work in the past? Well, I, I just like, think they wanted him to stay. No, they need him to stay, I think, because the state of the other relationships is, like, we're at square. There's no investment in basically anyone But that's going to continue until Luke leaves. Right. Because and it is so, the Luke as long as he stays— they're never going to get to the happy ending that they're looking for. Unless he takes it all. <laughs> no. As we saw, they literally spoiled Luke's actual exit later on, which was just such a bizarre move. But we'll get to that. Right. Oh, right Unless right, right, he right. re-returns again. Um, I mean— Hard to come back from that. But let's not foreshadow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the— 
I just feel like people want to say, like, oh, production doesn't want Luke to leave. Production needs a villain. At this point, the villain often goes home. It's very clear that what's actually happening is that Hannah really, really, really wants Luke to stay. And she knows that it will look terrible that she kept him. And so she is trying to make the smart decision and send him home. But the the force of her conviction is not behind it. And so that really comes through. Like, Luke is like, I'm confused. And Hannah's like, you didn't even understand that I was frustrated with you until I, like, yelled at you. Like, I don't want this dynamic between us. It's bad. And he's like, I'm frustrated, too, that we haven't been able to just be ourselves and connect. And yet again, she's like, that's what today was for. And you had an entire day. And it really didn't go anywhere. He says so much in this conversation, and I found it so frustrating because they are circling something. They're circling them connecting, them opening up. But he never gets to the part where he actually does the opening up or does the genuine expression of himself. And that is probably because this is the genuine expression of himself. But it is infuriating to watch. I don't think that he knows what feelings are. Well, that's like, clear. Yeah, that's that, clear. that comes through. <laughs> that you get. The sense that he's never, like, come even in the vicinity of a genuine emotion. That was, like, what I really extracted from the situation. Luke has never even met a feeling that he could then pretend to express But to he Hannah. knows the things that he's supposed to be, like, marking off. He's supposed he knows, to find the hot woman. Right. He's supposed to say he wants her. He's supposed to fight for her. And she's supposed to be pure. Mm-hmm. And then he marries her and he has this pure white trophy. Possession. Possession sure. that he owns to hold up and say, I have gotten her. But it's like they took out the middle pages of the script because actually that's entirely possible. Like he, he could really get that. But they t- they took out like pages like 25 through 75 where he says the things he needs to say to make that, to maneuver his way He's through like, that. He's like, what if I just say I'm not perfect? You're right. I do have strong feelings for you over and over and over again, but never expresses any of those feelings. There were points when I felt sort of sorry for Luke, and one is when later— Tell me more. <laughs> Garrett has some alone time with with Hannah and basically does the same thing. Like, it's just like, I think it's great how you said that you wanted to open up, and I want that too. Yeah, I think he did it's that great too. that we've begun opening up to each other and that we're progressing that. And she loves it. And I'm like, Hannah, he's not saying anything. None of them say anything. I don't know anything about these men. It's I'm like, so frustrated. But you, you the also only don't know that she, much about Hannah. That's true. Which she, in fact, says. It's Which all very says. meta. Yeah. Like they're all so busy, including Hannah, saying what the kinds of feelings are and the kinds of conversations are that they want to be having. They don't have the conversations. No one is having them. And Luke is, like, taking, I think, very fairly because of the many ways that he sucks, (laughs) is taking the brunt of her irritation about this. But it's he is following the exact script that, like, a lot of the successful people follow. This is like taking the Bachelor script to its logical conclusion where it is stripped of all substance and you are just left with, with like, the pages of the script. Right. Um, and, and it's like a cold table read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Uh, there are points oh, that his God. affect is always, like, wrong. Like, oh, yeah. she's really upset and he's looking confused. <laughs> 
or he's like saying something like earnest, like it's breaking my heart that like this is happening, but also smiling. Like, <laughs> right, right. It's like he's not really yet internalized the meaning of the lines so that he can connect them with how he's visually presenting. Right. At one point, he says he's short circuiting. I mean, I feel like over the last three years in America, we've really learned that like armchair diagnoses from afar are mm-hmm. not a good idea. But yeah. I would be fascinated to know what experts think is going on, like between his hairline and his eyes. Like, what is happening? And there's, like, no ethical way that we can ever know that unless in, like, 10 years he goes on, like, daytime TV and is, like, I was diagnosed. One can only hope. I mean, but it's not likely to happen. So, like, we just have to try to be restrained and not say things like he seems like he's (laughs) completely lost his mind. Um, Can we talk about the moment where he's begging her and he says, please think about everything we've talked about from day one, every little detail. I'm like, what have you talked about? What have you talked about except this exact conversation in different iterations? When they went back to do the recap of the episode, they should have actually just extracted every line of dialogue that they've had and tried to illuminate what every detail would even look like. I feel like what he's really saying is, like, remember that time that I said I was falling in love with you? (laughs) That's the whole thing. And then we kissed and you seemed really into it. Remember when you gave me the first impression, Rose? Like, that still happened. Like, that was a thing. (laughs) I mean, it's just. And yet it kind of works. The first impression, Rose, is being weaponized. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. He got too confident. I mean, Hannah. It's baffling to me that she still wants him there because all of her body language to him pretty much all the time now is irritated. Like when he says, think about every little detail, she just looks like, are you fucking kidding me? She's like, I'm thinking about it. Like that's what we're talking about. Like of course I'm thinking about it. Like everything he says pisses her off. Everything he does makes her feel like misunderstood. And, and yet. yet. And yet. Right. But isn't that like such a, a early, like a young, young thing to do to think that basically there's like some mystery that you're not accessing, like to be irritated in pursuit of that thing? Like, I feel like that is so recognizable. I mean, I also this think that this goes back to what I've said a few times where we are watching Hannah grappling with her fucked up socialization of what's desirable sure. in real time. And she is like, you know, between these two poles where mm-hmm. she knows what she wants, but she there's some, like, deep-seated part of her that is attracted to these qualities. Right. Attracted to the way that he's expressing masculinity, you know, in... You and know, apparently if, that he's, like, the best kisser in the world. Right, and he's a good oh, kisser. God. So maybe she oh, just I wants... And out. maybe, honestly, she just wants to bone him, which, like, at this point, I'm sure there's a lot of sexual yeah. frustration pent up. I would be sexually because, frustrated. Because, I mean, this is the thing for me. I get staying with someone that you're miserable with all the time... I get, like, I get that youthful thing. Should we unpack that? No, we do it all the time. Um, But, like, honestly, even when I was doing that when I was young, it was with someone that I had a lot of really good conversations with and who was, like, capable of really being there for me in a lot of ways, even though we had a terrible relationship on the whole, there were redeeming there qualities, were redeeming qualities <laughs> in our dynamic and obviously a lot of redeeming qualities in him. Whereas I look at Luke and I'm like, the only thing I can think is a redeeming quality is just physical chemistry. Like, I don't really think that they've ever had a conversation that merits no. this kind of loyalty. And that's what's baffling to me. It's hard for me to imagine just physical chemistry overcoming 
such a terrible like especially when you don't even have the space to be really physical with the person like although she does make the most of it she does and i respect that but like you know you know like when you're dating in the real world you can presumably meet someone that you have are repulsed by in in you know emotionally. If you're really lucky in New York, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're really lucky and but do want to sleep with, and you can make that happen, and you can have a physical relationship. Turn around time, can and be then fast. you can be like goodbye, goodbye. I'm not gonna sit and talk to you. But if you're on a bad date with someone who you cannot have a conversation with, like I have been on those dates. It is pure misery. An hour of that is pure misery. The thought of doing it day after day for weeks is unfathomable. Yeah, it's baffling. But, like, she can't have a fantasy sweet time with him yet. And I guess ever because he wants to keep the marriage bed pure. So, like, that's not really an <laughs> well, option Well, he has not made that, made that clear that's quite true. yet. That's true. She doesn't know that yet. It's going to be a real rough It's going to be moment. a real ride. So, finally, she's like, <laughs> I can't give you a roast tonight. It doesn't make sense. And he's like, so does that mean I go home tonight? And she says, yes, and I just want you to respect that, as as you mentioned, sending a very clear signal that she, that is her wish to be respected. He does not respect it. Luke Shockingly. Reader. He doesn't out. respect it. <laughs> he walks out into the darkness and walks down a gravel path for, like, a very long time. Like, they're just, like, the limo's over yonder about two, three miles. And he's like, here I go, like, down the gravel road to, you know, misery. Um, and then about, you know, 10 minutes or so into this, he's like, I can't do it. I got to go back. I mean, this is a point point where I feel like production is definitely on Luke's side. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah. I think that production right. has a hand in this. I'm not saying that they would have ultimately – they don't force people to do things, but they are – they have a vested interest in creating, milking as much out of this person as yeah. possible. As long as he's interested in coming back and as long as Hannah right. seems like she might be receptive, they might as well let him come back. And- exactly. Right. And also you can imagine a world where even if they had just goaded it along to the point where there's one more conversation. and it's worth then it. And then she had said, you really have to go. That totally would have been worth it for them. Right. And for the show. So it's like they don't even need the the – for it to for the follow through to be there, just getting him to, you know, turn on his heels, walk back up the gravel up path. Gravel. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's probably what they thought would happen. Probably. That's usually what happens. Right. right. And there's one more confrontation. And then Yeah. I mean, this is this is what makes me crazy. Hannah is like having a really tough episode. The guys later get into drama and she's really frustrated with them. She tries to kind of lay down the law. But the thing is that Hannah caused all of it by being so indecisive and making such bad decisions that it's, like, hard for me to, like, consider the guys to be the most at fault. Like, if you're in, if you're in charge of the show, like, your decision to send someone home is, like, the punishment for bad behavior. And you don't do that because, like even though you know it's a terrible decision and you really should, like, you've got to foresee some terrible consequences to that. And that's what happened. I did find it to be somewhat unreasonable that she expected them to not talk about it or not continue to have issues with each other. Like, that's just... That's just not the way that human dynamics actually work, and these people are sharing a space together. I did feel empathy with her frustrations later on. 
Um, and I get why she's frustrated, but it was... Like, I was frustrated with specific yeah. other people, too. But for her to be like, you're all at fault. And I was like, you're at fault, too. So, like, don't, like, why do you think every single guy in the house is acting insane right now? These are guys you picked. Like, you kept the person in the house who's causing the drama. I don't know. Which I is, feel like she I, has which, to take some ownership over this season. I mean, it is her prerogative to keep whoever she wants. Uh, no, and I understand I, her. And that's why we get to judge right. her on those choices. <laughs> um, She's very empowered. I do like thinking of her as, like, the CEO of The Bachelorette. <laughs> yeah. Like, she needs to take responsibility for what's going on with the team right now. She there's does. There's some management. Like a really fucked up board of directors. We can't have any brilliant assholes right. in this office. Right. Yeah. No, there's the, sh- the shareholders, the stakeholders, all the people involved are looking to her. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, she is, like, this is this brood of men. Is like, she need, she she factors into the dynamic, for sure. And I think the waffling is, like, part of what makes it so mind-numbing is you have to decide. Right, which is why often – I mean, and that's sort of the challenge that you get handed when you accept the role of the lead in a show, which I think is often – it's framed as this very, like, romantic opportunity. Uh, And I think often, understandably, people don't really think about how much goddamn work it is to be sort of pushing the narrative forward and you have to – keep the emotional health of all of these different people and yourself in mind while you're also turning it on for the camera. I mean, it sounds miserable. Yeah. Oh, completely. I would never want to do it. It's a lot of work, but it is sort of like being sort of the dom in a BDSM relationship. It seems like you have a really plush position, but actually you're responsible. Doing a lot of labor. for You're supposed to do a lot of the work and and in order to like these people have entrusted themselves to you in a way, and that is their power, and you have to reciprocate by by taking that very seriously and by taking care of them. And I also to be clear, this is not um, you know any sort of blaming Hannah for Luke's behavior at all. Oh, he can only accept responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For I just want to be clear that like he there are a lot of he's a walking red flag. He seems... He's so many red flags. He's, like, fully covered in Post-its. Like He's, he's, he's just an amalgam of a red flag. Yeah. No, it's a nightmare. But what's interesting is, like, I feel like it used to be, like, the rose ceremony, the rose ceremony was the only time to boot people. And then the show got, like, realer, quote-unquote. <laughs> and then it was, like, when things weren't working, it was considered this very cool thing that now someone could be, like, I'm not feeling you. You just have to leave now. But now it's opened up all these other decision points because, like, she really can at the date or whenever else kick him to the curb, but then when she can't follow through, it's like there's there's so many more opportunities for back and forth than there used to be. No, it's true. And like it does make it feel a lot more like watching a real messed up relationship <laughs> that he can get sort of sent home and then come back and like beg and then she's like, Okay, you can stay, but like you're sort of on probation. Like that feels much more like someone having a conflict with their boyfriend who sucks rather than the way we normally it's watch this true. show, which yes, has these firm true. Yeah. And but like it's, it's true. Hannah's like not to blame for for Luke's behavior. But I I guess it was hard not to be really frustrated in this moment that she let him win her back. Yeah. Um, because she had made the decision and Luke chose not to respect it. Um, which, and that's a, yet another red flag. Yeah. He comes back. He bursts in. Poor Hannah is like, 
oh my god mm-hmm. like why are you here like sounds genuinely afraid i was like hannah hold on to that fear in your voice like you should be listening to that clear and present danger <laughs> um and he's like i need to like fight for you like this is my fault and i'm sorry I just didn't know what emotions I was having, so I didn't know what to say or do. This was so manipulative. And Hannah's like, well, why didn't you just, like, say that something was wrong? And he's like, I tried. I felt like crying. I felt tears on my face. What is he talking about? <laughs> That's not how he tears work, He saw it in sir. a movie one time. He, he literally like, saw tears one time. <laughs> he's like, when you cry, that shows that you're taking yeah. responsibility. And what does that look like? It's like there's like water on your face. <laughs> you might feel it on your face. I felt tears on my face. It felt like a bag of sand. Um, so he's like, I wanted to scream. And Hannah's like, well, then you should scream. And at this point, he starts like smiling. <laughs> so creepy. Which I was like, this is, he's like, this is the rom-com moment. Like I've gotten through and like now I just need to make the grander part of the grand gesture and it, she is mine. And so he, like, backs up a couple steps. He's like, I just need to do something because I want to yell. I wrote this, like, whole thing down. I want to yell. I seriously want to move mountains for you. I hate this. I can't stand. He keeps, like, not yelling and then, like, stopping to say the thing louder because he realized that he's not yelling. He's He's not really screaming at all. Right. He's like, I hate this. I hate this. I can't stand it. Seriously, I cannot stand it. I hate being in this position. Right now, I've been freaking out. When we started this conversation, I thought you were going to put a rose on my coat. I understand why you didn't. The whole day today, I feel like I haven't even had a date with you. I feel like I've been trying to explain myself. Yes, we talked in circles, and I could not stand it. I'm so thankful for this right now. I feel like you actually get to see me right now, for real. I know today sucked. I didn't even communicate with you how I felt. This speech made me so enraged. Was there one single thing he said in there that he had not already said to her? No. I want to move mountains for you, maybe? Which, Which like, means nothing. It does. It's just a line. If he weren't kind of a psychopath, I would love to watch, like, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days with Luke. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just imagining him seeing the arc that he thinks he's living play out on screen and for him to be like, oh, good tip. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really, as a rom-com fan, I I felt really shown up by this, by this right. episode. It, could, it should be nominated for a Razzie, <laughs> this performance. Wow. What an honor. I know. He, he really went there. He plumbed the depths. I also love that in the middle of it, he's like, look, the real tragedy here is that I thought I was going to win this date today. And yeah. then I didn't. He feels like he didn't even get a date. That's something he already said to her, and she didn't like it the first time. She's like, we She's literally like, did have a date. date, but you didn't know what a feeling was. And also, isn't this date like 12 hours? Yes. Like, it's, it's, it's more than a date. It's like a mega date. I mean, I think I would love for him to have taken a page from... A good rom-com, like When Harry Met Sally, think of one specific thing you like about her other than how hot she is. Right. Like, one thing. Like, tell her something about her. That you like. That you like. (laughs) Tell her something about her and something about you that you think, like, are really uniquely compatible. Like, you can't beg for someone to give you another chance by being like, I hate that I have to beg you for this. But I guess I have to because I really want 
to get you back. Like, that's not convincing. That's just the premise of what's happening. But it was convincing. Oh, God. That's the crazy To part. her, somehow. To her. Is she just so sleep deprived that she's like, I give up? Oh, that's what it is. They're using torture tactics yeah. on her so that she Honestly. keeps him around. It's so sad to watch because, like, as much as I'm frustrated with her during this episode, she looks miserable the whole time. Like, even when he's doing this, she doesn't look like have a she doesn't have like a dawning of hope on her face. She looks like she wants to be anywhere else. Well, that's probably why she had to have a therapy session with Chris Harrison because she honestly w- wants to just be done. Right. I mean, think about where you need to be in your life that you feel like the person who has answered all my problems is Chris. <laughs> I feel that way all the time. <laughs> Chris, help me out. Like She's still at this point is like you're still talking in circles. You're saying the same things to me. You've said a million times. Can you see how that makes it not feel real? And he's like, I'm crazy about you. Nothing matters to me except for you. That's seriously all I want. And she says, I don't know. Somehow the conclusion from all of this is that she is going to let him stay until the rose ceremony. Like, we don't see the conclusion of the conversation. Nothing we saw about it seemed that convincing or good or fresh. But he walks back in to the mansion or the hotel the or castle. Whatever, the castle where <laughs> the they're castle. staying. And all the guys have been sitting at home being like, this was his last chance. He's probably going home. We're going to have so much fun when he's gone. We get a nice they're shot of They're just happy Luke's they get to hang out with suitcase. each other. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're probably just glad that they had a whole day where he wasn't around. Yeah, they're like, look at these beautiful bromances that we can now really dig into. They're blossoming. (laughs) They're blossoming. Um, But then Luke walks back in and says, Hannah just said today was the worst one-on-one that she's had. (laughs) What an incredible opener. What an entrance. (laughs) Also, I took photos of all of the various reaction faces of Mm. these men and it's just like total and complete exhaustion despair like all the life has drained out of them yeah this is the this is like the the perils of the human condition were on (laughs) full display last night um he's like we just talked in circles and didn't really connect and i didn't get a rose but she still wants me here so I'm here. I'm going to the rose ceremony. And this is when the Garrett shit starts. Because Garrett is like, well, the only way I see you staying here is by bringing up somebody else. You said that you wouldn't do that. And I hope you didn't. And Luke says, I didn't. And Garrett says, I don't trust you. Do you, like, understand that? And Luke is like, yes, but I didn't. Which, like... Honestly, Garrett, like, you're going to find out soon enough if he said something to Hannah about you and you have to defend yourself. Like, there's nothing gained by trying to confront him about that no. and then being like, I don't even believe what you're saying. It's just, like, needless hot air it's and posturing. Noise. It was such posturing. And I understand that these people are just so done with this guy. Right. And that very they are looking, up. Right. And they're looking for an outlet for that frustration. They need recess. But it was very, <laughs> it was very ineffective. They really need recess. They right. They need to be allowed to freaking wander around They need Scotland. a play. <laughs> they 
have like, to just play. go into a field. They should like safety pin a little tag into each of their shirt collars and like send them out. No, you yeah. know what I'm imagining? Return it's like, to castle. <laughs> Return to castle. When you're walking down the street and then you see like the cute little preschoolers who are all wearing the yellow vest, they have to hold hands. So they oh, don't, and they're all yeah. like sort of attached to each other. Yeah, yeah, like they that. Need that. They need that. They need to be sent out in like a little herd. <laughs> Stretch their legs. <laughs> Uh, something, an idea for next season, yeah. maybe. Um, Great group date idea. <laughs> she can be like, I want to have a family. And so I want to know if my future husband knows what it's like to be a child. Because <laughs> uh, I see myself taking care of my future husband as a child. I mean, honestly, wouldn't that be yeah. just the, the truth? The most, the truth. The yeah. truth. Yeah. <laughs> um, you would just have to marry the one guy who was like, I'll help you make the peanut butter sandwiches. Um, so Hannah, uh, is struggling still. She's like, I want the guys to trust that I'm doing what's best for my heart and for all the relationships, which like is tough because I don't think she is. And I don't think that she is sure that she is doing what's right. And so she's asking the guys to like extend a lot of trust to her that like maybe is not merited, um, but she's in charge of the show, so they can either leave or they can get on board. Um, and she's like, but I do feel like Luke was finally meeting me where I needed him to somehow. Um, and if he shows real emotion and struggle, she says, that man will receive a rose every time. I just think it's interesting that the idea, the emotion part, sure, although, like, don't hold your breath. But the struggle part is like, it's as if she doesn't want things to be easy for her. Like, I get what she's saying, but mm. I feel like, seek joy, Hannah. Like, <laughs> seek pleasure. Yeah, I feel like the one genuine emotion we have seen from Luke is anger. Although even that, not much. Kind of like a certain degree of externally facing torment. Yeah, annoyance. Like, I feel like he gets irritated. Right. There's a lot of irritation this season. Ooh, feeling yeah. the irritation. I actually feel like Luke's, like, best slash most chilling moments are when he doesn't get angry, when you assume that he's angry. Um, and, like, he just will, like, capitulate to the guys in a moment where you're just like, oh, he's going to really get pissed now. And that is very unsettling. But he does get very irritable. I don't see a lot of positive emotion from him. <laughs> You don't say. Anyway, enough about Luke. Uh, but Luke is uh, having a spiritual moment. He's visiting with the Lord in a more film-friendly place uh, for the cameras, which is a church. This was the most menacing church scene I've ever I've ever seen. <laughs> like I, I just felt like he was going to church to pray before committing a murder or something. <laughs> like I was like, this is supposed to be a beautiful moment. It must have been like the music cues. But it didn't feel calming at all, which you would expect from some sort of, like, spiritual moment. And I totally understand, like, if these if their faith is a big part of the way that these men live, like, they should be allowed to be going to a place of worship. But the fact that it was empty, that he, like, stalked in and we saw him for two seconds just kneeling and then, like, walking out in a flannel, I don't, it was very unsettling. Well, I feel like the Luke is giving off strong red flag vibes. And it's very hard to separate that from literally anything he does. Yes, that's correct. So it just, like, corrupted the, the church scene. Yeah. Um, and he's like, my eyes have been opened. She's giving me a check in, second chance to be my real self. So I'm going to do it for the rest 
of my time on the show. <laughs> so but I hope she really show. makes the most of that time on the show before she is stuck with scary robot loot for the rest of their lives. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll break down even more from this half week six of The Bachelorette. We all want our cats happy and healthy because that makes us happy. But since we're not mind readers, we just don't always know when our pets are unwell. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Plus, Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. And the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can. I mean, three of the main annoying things about having cat litter in the house instantly made better by Pretty Litter. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes color to help monitor early signs of potential illness in cats, including your urinary tract infections, and kidney issues. Our producer, Talon, is really excited to try Pretty Litter soon because he has two cats who have been using conventional litter. He was remembering that last year they had to delay a vacation because their cat started throwing up the morning they were leaving. And if they had had an early warning, they could have gotten her quicker medical attention and also not disrupted their plans as much. That's the kind of peace of mind that is really great to have as a pet owner. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on your cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash LTSI and use code LTSI to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI, code LTSI to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash LTSI, code LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness? If so, Aloe Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is. And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient. They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or reformer Pilates workouts. Truly, truly have it all. Because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments. I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pickup or drop-off. You're making a lunch. You're like dealing with some need that your children have or you're working and Aloe Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in, in those spare moments when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time, I can do a yoga class, I can do something that gets my heart rate up and it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code LTSI20. alomoves.com code LTSI20. 
If you're a wine lover, here's a little secret. There is a personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to discover new wines you're guaranteed to enjoy. To start, you just answer a few questions on their website about what flavors you like, how often you drink wine, and if you prefer red, white, or rosé. As always, I love a quiz. (laughs) And based on the answers that you give, First Leaf curates a really amazing selection of wines just for you. Later, when you rate those wines, your wine selection gets even more tailored. Choose when the wine is delivered and how often to get new assortments of wine. If you want wine pairing advice or to talk about the wines in your box, you can always speak with one of their First Leaf experts. As someone who loves wine but really doesn't know much about why I like certain bottles and what it goes with, this is such an incredible way to get to know your own taste in wine better. I know. I totally agree. I got to try the Chenin Blanc from South Africa that is part of First Leaf's premium wines collection, and it was so good, and it was not something that I would have necessarily picked out myself a quiz, and good wine. I mean, everyone's winning here. (laughs) Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI to get your first box. That's T-R-Y firstleaf.com slash LTSI. Tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into like their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible like neoprene weekender bag and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article, that lovely chair out on my deck, article, our big console, article, my bed frame, article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And 
my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Before we get back to the show, remember to buy tickets to our live show. It's at the Bell House in Brooklyn on Thursday, July 25th. Bring a friend, bring your whole group of friends. It's going to be a lot of fun. You can buy tickets at the link in our Instagram bio or find them on thebellhouseny.com. And now back to the show. Um, and now it's time for the rose ceremony. Wow, we made it already. <laughs> I know. Um, and... They all gather in some sort of castle. Uh, Luke is wearing his fuchsia windowpane blazer, which... So bold. It's quite a look. Um, And he just constantly needs to make announcements. He's like, so, I think it says a lot that I'm still here, even though I didn't get a rose on the one-on-one, and I'm really excited to make the most of the night. And all the guys are like, cool. (laughs) Like, I know they are prompted to do these things, but he's so bad at it, and it feels so unsettling every time he does it. It's like, just, buddy, just stop. I just do love the idea of them going around and being like, your turn to make an announcement, and then only showing the villains, because it looks like such a psychotic thing to do. <laughs> yeah. But they we, really could yeah. make that happen. No, we know that they, in fact, prompt we know multiples they, of them. Yeah, we know they prompt people, but I don't. we don't quite know... Like, to what extent that is. Like, is it everyone has to make an announcement? Are they like, do you have something to say? Also, Luke could say something like, you know, I just want to make things right tonight. Like, he could he could be conciliatory. That's not his way. No, it's not his way. But I'm saying he doesn't do himself any favors. <laughs> um, so Hannah enters. Oh, my God, this look. In, like, a snow princess look. It was... Fantastic. I was getting some Charlize Theron vibes. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. There was like, it was like slinky. The straps were really working for they me. They keep doing this really beautiful high slit thing with yeah. a lot of her dresses, and it's really working. The coat was just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's a real improvement over the sort of like sequin fest of the, I felt, all of Becca's season. Like the sequins on the show are getting a little monotonous. I was not into the way that they styled Becca. Right. It was. It was just there was a lot of rhinestone action. This is like a very slinky, like a liquidy. Like if you just looked at the top, to me, it just sort of looked like a basic cami. Mm -hmm. 
And then it's just like, oh, no, it's a gown. Yeah. No, I loved it. It blossoms. Yeah, and then they have that adorned brocade jacket over it. It just, it was perfect. While we're talking about her style, I have to call out that we see her in this, in this episode and also in a preview in two pairs of enormous heart-shaped earrings. Yes. But wow. it seems it's to be a recurring a little theme. on the nose. <laughs> They're so big. Carrie Fetman, this was your one misstep. <laughs> it was like Hannah is here to follow her heart. Heart. Like, Hearts. She has so many. The ones she was wearing with Luke were just like, it looks like they're made out of like poster board edged in glitter and like her child made them for her. Um, so that's the vibe they're going with this season. But I did love her cocktail party dress. And Garrett grabs her first after she makes a toast. That is the Lord placed a verse on her heart. Yes, this is an ask. This is like a, a way of speaking about uh, Christianity that is not native to the Catholic Church. So I'm always like sort of intrigued by by that kind of phrasing. Like the Lord placed a verse on my heart is not something I would have ever said. It's very. It's more like evangelical. evangelical. Yeah, um, but basically she's like the verse is sort of like don't focus on the seen but on the unseen. And she wants to know about their hidden fears and hurts, what makes them them. And she wants to give that back to them. So a toast to continuing on, being comfortable, and sharing the uncomfortable. Spoiler alert, we find out absolutely none of their fears or hurts. But we do. Not hers, not the men's. We continue on. We share the comfortable, and we are uncomfortable. (laughs) So it's kind of like a little oopsie, a little reverse. Um, Garrett grabs her first, and she is like, it's been really eye-opening to see what's happening, and, like, I'm excited to, like, learn more about you guys. And he's like, that's really motivating me to open up. So we learned that <laughs> he has never worn a kilt before. A real, mm-hmm. real disclosure. I mean, that when I she was saying, like, I want to look character. into your dark places and see where you're broken, obviously... Not having worn a kilt before was the first thing that came to mind. Kilt deprived. <laughs> he lived a life of, of kilt deprivation. He had to keep his junk tightly wrapped in jeans and boxers. We all have our struggles. Instead of allowing them to swing free. I mean, it's true. Like, clearly, he, I don't think that Garrett uh, has shown us anything akin to a struggle. His opening up is always like, I like you. So that's something really personal about me that I shared. So make out. (laughs) But this time he more sort of like refers back to a previous time that he said he liked her. He's like, remember that conversation we had? I really liked that. And I'm glad that we're continuing to open up to each other now. Making memories. It's the bachelor way. (laughs) Um, And then he's like, great. So now we've handled that. I I remembered to you the time that I opened up to you. (laughs) I remembered it to you. Which was real progress. That's how it feels. (laughs) It really does. What season was it that somebody made someone a scrapbook? So many seasons. Um, That was a real thing for like five years at least. Yeah. So now they're just doing like the virtual version of that. (laughs) Like they got the memory notification and they were like, remember that time? (laughs) It has been one week since... You and Hannah shared a special moment. Um, Would you like to share that on your timeline? Uh, So he says, now that we've gotten that out of the way, I have a question for you. Sorry to do this. It's been weighing on his heart. So Everyone has things on their heart tonight. 
um, he brings up her one-on-one with Luke and says, you know, before the date, I asked Luke to please leave everyone else's name out of it. When he came back, I asked if he did that, and Luke said he did. Is that true? And Hannah's like, well, I knew that there were conflicts in the house about him, so I brought it up, and he did say Mike's name and Devin and Dylan's name, but we were just having a conversation, and I asked him about it. And Garrett's like, great, now we can kiss. He really knows his moments. His sense of timing is. <laughs> He's like, now that I've interrogated you about the boyfriend you like better, mmm. Um, but then Connor bursts in and interrupts. Ha <laughs> ha. What a night. Yet again, we get absolutely nothing from Connor. Yeah. Just we, that they did much speak. Of Connor. Um, yeah, so she is sitting down with Connor, and apparently they don't get far because Garrett immediately goes back and starts a fight with Luke. Because based on his conversation with Hannah, which I thought might lead him to feel like Luke wasn't stirring up drama about us on the date, he instead has interpreted as Luke brought us up and then lied about it, which is like kind of explicitly not what Hannah said. And that's where I completely understand her frustration. She made it very clear, I was explicitly asking about certain situations, and that is the context in which these names came up. And also, it doesn't seem like Hannah is particularly concerned about any of these men. It's not like she seemed to have the intention of going to Mike and saying, explain yourself, I trust Luke's word, you know, as the ultimate truth. So Garrett is just creating conflict for no reason, and it really backfires on him. Yeah, I mean, it's really, he's just at this point, like, I found a violation in, like, Rule 17, Article (laughs) C, and, like, I wish I could let this go, buddy, but you've got too many strikes on your record. And it's like, that's not what this is. Like, you're not a prosecutor. You are supposed to be making a good impression to Hannah, and it's unclear why you would think not really listening to what she said would do that. Yeah, it's very, it brings me no pleasure to do this. But, like, (laughs) there's no one is forcing your hand here. It brings me no pleasure to do this totally optional thing that I have chosen to do. Totally optional. (laughs) But actually, it actually brings me enormous pleasure. Who am I kidding? That is literally the only reason he's doing it. Um, but it's just interesting because it literally – it's so boring because it, nothing is new. This is all so rehashed endlessly. And right. At this point, we're usually getting into more of the meat of these relationships. And we've just gotten so little. It's – I know I've said this before, but it's incredibly frustrating. How are we supposed to be connecting to any of these people or any – be invested in Hannah's relationship with any of them if all we get is them – talking about how they would like to open up and they're glad that they do have a connection. And we're never seeing... It's like, it's very... We need showing, not telling. Yeah. I mean, hometowns are going to be so strange if the dynamic doesn't change because all of a sudden we'll know more about their families than we do about them. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be like, wow, your sister is actually really fascinating. She has some death to her, that one. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's... I feel bad for the guys in the house because... They are kind of trapped with Luke, and they keep being like, I trust Hannah. She's tough. She's a smart cookie. She's going to see through him. And then Luke keeps coming back, and they're stuck with him. And they're the ones who have to live with him. Right. And, and it right. does send a message about what she 
wants. Right. And, and like, I understand I, why that would be concerning. Right. I don't fault any of them for being like, like, I always think this is a totally normal thing on the show for people to be like, if you are into this psycho or this like, you know, woman who's like awful to everyone else, like, I don't know if we share the same values or like, I don't know if I want to be com- like coming in runner up to this person that I have no respect for. I think that's a very normal human impulse. And I get that. However, I don't really see how this particular battle served any of them. It did not. And I blame Garrett for <laughs> for this. Like, Hannah becomes very frustrated with all of them, but I really feel like this is on Garrett at this point. It, it, 100%. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, so he brings it up in front of all the guys, including the names of the people who are mentioned, and Dylan and Devin sort of, like, up to each other and are like, so what did you say about us? What did you say? Also, did you notice Grant just like sitting there silent <laughs> and composed as ever? God, Grant is amazing. I mean, Grant, <laughs> I love how he just hung around for I know. Weeks, He's like, I'm still here. Barely trying. <laughs> well, that is the flip side of this season where it's like because nobody's progressed, like you can have these absolute sleeper cells running in <laughs> like, the it's show. Like, I'm glad Dylan's going to paradise because I, I want more. Yeah, yeah I want to know what his deal yeah. is. Um, he's still around, actually, at the end of this episode. Oh, well, <laughs> I know. Hard to believe. Yeah, I, I wrote down his name as leaving, and then I was like, wait, no. <laughs> or maybe he did. Who knows? I can't be trusted. Um, so Luke is like, I'm going to put my glass down before I respond to this. And You put your glass down, Luke. <laughs> like, what is he saying? Like, I need both my hands, or, like, I might throw it at you. Like... So he's like, yes, looking back, I did talk about the incident with Mike. I did talk about you two, but I didn't say anything negative about your character. Now, I don't think we saw those conversations. We didn't. But from what we did see of him talking with Hannah about what was going on with the guys, he was kind of making the play that, like, I'm now going to be understanding of the guys. I know it's tough. Like, we didn't really see him openly being like, they're They're bad. They're bad. No, and that's why I said, like, I don't think Hannah was concerned with these men per her conversation with Luke. Right. Which like she should be the only thing you would be upset about. Right. And, like, Garrett, who's bringing this up, she explicitly was basically like, you're going to get a rose. Like, she was like, I'm excited to keep getting to know you. And, like, so clearly nothing happened that would make. I know. In that, when you think about it that way, you're like, why did you do this, man? Like, why did you do this? I feel like he was like, oh, so I'm set. So now I can, like. Yeah. Fuck around. It's a real it's stirring the pot situation. Yeah. Um so they're they all start yelling at each other. Garrett's like, nobody believes you, nobody believes you. And Luke is like, you have to at least listen to me. And then they're like, Well, you swore that you wouldn't mention our names. And then they're like, Did he swear? Like, I don't know. He said <laughs> that he didn't though. Like This is where I just started me, to tune out. I was like, This is a just white noise. The white volume noise. went down. Yeah. The volume went down for sure. <laughs> Hannah is trying to talk to Connor, not super hard, and she's like, (laughs) actually, I'm more interested by the yelling I hear going on. Um, And she bursts in on them and says, stop. And they're all like, oh, my God, we made Hannah mad. I love this part every (laughs) season. She's like, I'm so fed up with the fights in the house. I will answer any question that you have about what I discussed with Luke because the lack of clarity is affecting everything about my experience right now. Devin starts to ask a question, and then Luke immediately says, I'm just going to interrupt here. That was 
so wild and beautiful. Like, just an encapsulation of Luke's character in incredible. one moment. Just incredible. incredible. He loves interrupting. He does. I mean, it's of a piece with and yet the little she, we know about him. She directs all of her anger at this interaction at Devin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Devin got cro- caught in the crosshairs. He really He did. shouldn't have. He I mean, have just bad tactical move. Bad yeah. tactical move. So Luke kind of blurts out his explanation for how Garrett started it. Sort of true. And then she's like, all right, Devin. And Devin's like, when I'm with you, I'm really focused on our relationship, which I would have loved to see some of. I assume they have a very close bond. Um, And he's like, I'm just confused by how, like, when you're on a one-on-one, I don't understand why I came up or Mike or any of these other people. And she's like, because I asked about it, which, like, obviously is what happened. Like, she wants to know what's going on. They all act like it's such a crazy thing to happen. Right. She's not there. She needs to ask if she's to gather any information about the dynamic in the house. Yeah, like, which is basically the number out. one plot point. So she needs to amass some <laughs> intel about <Yes>. it. <laughs> it's perfectly fair game for her to be asking those questions. Totally. And then she's like, you know what? I'm not defending him. I'm aware of what he's done. I've said it to his face. But, like, I feel like it's affecting everything. I'm tired of hearing screaming about things. And you could just ask me and I would tell you what happened. And Garrett's like, well... We just asked Luke if he mentioned us, and he said no. So, like, uh, I don't know. Kind of feel like he started it. Like, let it go, buddy. Um, It's also crazy because I feel like often people are really, like, talking badly about people. And But this is, like, just – this is, like, narrative. This is just narrative what has been discussed. Yeah. Right. Like, it's not, like, full-on character assassination. Also, clearly wasn't even important enough for them to include. Like, if it had been dramatic, we would have seen it. Right. Right. Like, wait for Hannah to be like, Devin, I had a really concerning conversation with Luke. And then you can be like, what Luke, the hell, get, Luke? Yeah, get your name. Like, I would get be, my name I would be behind you at that yeah. point. Um. So Hannah's like, all right, I want to continue on with the night, but I'm frustrated as fuck. Fair. And she's like, I want to say to you, stay in your freaking lane because I'm tired of hearing screaming. Um, And at this point, Peter and like a bunch of the guys have not really to what we can see been super involved. No. Right. Like Peter. Peter, a prime example. (laughs) He's like. Peter's strategy is really just hang back, say little. Yeah. Make out against a wall. And then be like. Will you be my girlfriend? Yeah. I mean, killer, killer approach. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's wise tactically. Future bachelorette contestants take note. Excellent way to rise to the top. <laughs> and Peter, I feel like he is really rising in the ranks of potential future bachelors. Yeah. So. I feel like it's telling that none of them went to comfort her because that would be such an opportunity if she didn't seem so annoyed with all of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was no one there who was like, I could turn this to my advantage. No, because right. she, she was just repelled by every everyone single one of them Everyone felt chastised. Yeah. Everyone was implicated. Yeah, they were like a kindergarten class, and their teacher has just yelled at them. Totally. <laughs> Get out those yellow vests. Those little kids are <laughs> going for a walk. Need to work off some of that rowdiness. So Hannah, like, goes upstairs to, like, chill with a producer for a while, and... Suddenly she hears voices rising again, through echoing through the halls of this mansion. Um, the guys are arguing again. Uh, Garrett and Luke are, like, again going over and over, like, 
who is at fault for starting this argument as if it's a good idea to litigate that instead of just letting it go. And Hannah hears the yelling start up again. She's losing her mind at this point. And has to come back into the Like, honestly, I feel like the fact that the main people are two guys that she likes is, are, is causing her to project it out onto all of them. Like, if it were, like, a side character. Oh, they'd just be gone. Right. Instead, she's like, you all suck because Garrett and Luke are two of her focuses. And so she's like, everything is contaminated. Um, so she comes, she comes back in. As Luke is being like, I'm just, like, really exhausted and I don't know what happened. And she's like, Luke, you need to stop making excuses. And also, everyone else, stop focusing on him. I can figure that out. Focus on me. I'm a grown-ass woman. I can decide if I want to spend my time figuring this out or if I don't. You're not in my conversations with him, just like he's not in my, in the com- in my conversations with all of you. I'm not defending him. I have concerns with him, but I also have concerns with all of you. Stop pointing fingers and maybe think about yourself and what I need from you. I think I know you think Luke is the only one making me feel freaking psycho and irritated right now, but it's all of you. Best line of the night. Uh, and then she says, right there. Incredible. <laughs> Although I came in here so ready to get to know you and start sharing things about me, none of you know. None of you know anything about me, why I'm here, what makes me me. I mean, I don't true. feel comfortable with this. Same. Nobody's even asked. All we talk about is stupid shit. That was actually the greatest <laughs> line of the night. I'm like, you have just summarized The Bachelorette. All we do is talk about stupid shit. We don't know a single substantial thing about these people. And I was like, whoa, whoa, let's back up. You have a group of guys that none of them ever ask you any questions. Like, that seems like kind of a huge deal that we should really dig into here. Like, um, what is wrong? I mean, if you've ever over, overheard some, you know, first dates going on at any bar in New York City, you know that this is a real thing. Yes, but usually what you hear is the frantic search for questions to ask like usually what you hear is a a desperate need to move the conversation forward by the men no by by like when they're so awkward and there's nothing to talk about no it's not awkward nothing to talk about there are men who just monologue and like we don't have anything we don't know anything about them either what are they talking about well they're not asking any questions that's what we know yeah i'm just saying i have overheard many a date and been on many a date where the man just fully does not ask a question. Like, I have tracked on a date being like, at what point in this is he going to ask one thing about me? I've been on dates where the guy didn't monologue a lot. He just waited for me to ask him questions, which was much worse. That's like, I can interrupt a monologue, but don't make me scrape the bottom of my barrel asking for questions about you. Anyway, men are bad at asking questions. Right. Your favorite movie. I'm just saying, I fully believe that this is a dynamic that's occurring. Yeah, I feel like that should be more delved into personally. Like, how did she end up with a group of men that don't know how to ask a question? It concerns me. It concerns me for the state of men today. So finally she walks out crying. And Tyler is like, look at what we did. She's crying. She can't enjoy Scotland. Tyler just out (laughs) here. Scotland is just out here taking responsibility. Scotland is canceled, quite frankly. Yeah, except for Tyler. Except for Tyler. Um, Guys, (laughs) Tyler just gets hotter every episode. It's upsetting. Do you like Tyler? It's like a ball rolling down the hill. Now it's picking up steam. The momentum attraction to Tyler. uh, He's been spending a lot of time in New York City. Per Instagram, he was like at Dumbo House over the weekend. I'm like. 
we need to reach you know out. we need to reach out we need to get him on this podcast come on tyler so he's like we're all being super petty and garrett's like yeah i'm sorry boys i was petty i apologize to all of you and i'm going to apologize to hannah and luke takes this opportunity oh my to God. really step up and accept garrett's apology that mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> accepting a group apology is so obnoxious. On behalf of the group. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will take this. And at one point, he even says, I appreciate your apology because I had important things to tell her and ask her. And also, like, she had important things to tell me. Only him. Yeah. Right. So thank you, Garrett, for your apology to the group, but actually to Luke. But it's also hilarious because he just lifted that sentiment from what she had just said. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I definitely had things I wanted to ask about. Well, that's and all he does about. is repeat and also, what she says. He says, let's just stay in our lanes, which is what Hannah just told all of them right. to do. He doesn't right. have any original thoughts. All he knows how to do is parrot back the things that she has already said. I'll never stop thinking of this season as a cold table read. And <laughs> that's it. Like, that that image is stuck in my <laughs> head forever so true we nailed it it's done um so hannah is weeping upstairs and chris finally comes and and finds her um and he says what's wrong and she says everything uh he gives her a hanky and she's like you know there are relationships i really want to invest in but when everything is constantly about luke none of the relationships are advancing hmm. and then chris steps thought. in feels like a with- hint Krista steps in with some relationship advice from the 90s. This was so awful. That we have since decided is really toxic and a bad idea. So let's just get into it. He's like, these guys are being awful because they're crazy about you. And so is Luke. This is like when you teach little girls that the boys on the playground have like hit them because they like them. Like this is just the most basic grooming a woman to accept abusive and unhealthy behavior. Like, I was so unhappy with Chris. Yeah, it's like the reason that they are really focused on this other dude instead of wanting to spend time with you is because they're obsessed with you. Like, the reason that Luke is acting like a psycho is because he's obsessed with you. Like, he's just so into you. That's why they never ask you a question. Because they're just that so into, into you. you. They love you so much. They, they don't, don't care wanna, about yeah, you at all. They don't want to know a single thing about <laughs> you They know plenty. Life. They know they love you. Uh, he's like, it would be easier for them if they didn't care so much. They do care about staying on the show and getting Instagram followers. We know <sighs> and that. And going to exotic locales. Yeah. Honestly, I would feel the same way. Uh, and Hannah's like, I, I appreciated Hannah's response here. She's like, yes, they care, but they don't respect or trust me enough. True. Um, be, like, I just was really frustrated in that moment with Chris, who has been doing this show for so long. And to, to fall back on a line like the villain is just acting like that because he really likes you is so harmful. <laughs> and like... It's thoroughly, such a bad thoroughly message. debunked. Like, and it's it is it's like a huge platform to be spreading that kind of thinking through. And then they chose to air it. So I'm like, a lot of places where we could have avoided yeah. sending that also message. Also, very bad because it's clear that actually Hannah herself is struggling. So you're really reaching her at this point where she's receptive to that kind of total misinformation about yeah. what actually moves because these men. all he wants is to keep her invested. In the show. Right. 
and in, and staying the course. And so that means getting her to buy into like toxic relationships because at the moment that's kind of what's on the table. Uh, so it's time for the rose ceremony. I sort of thought she was going to be like, no rose ceremony because I can't handle you guys tonight. We've seen that before, but she goes for it. Jed and Mike already have roses. Uh, Jed is like, I think Hannah's going to send Luke home in front of us to really send a message. So he's like, at this point, you've got to stop <laughs> having these expectations. So the roses go to Connor, Tyler, Dustin, Peter, Dylan, Garrett, and Luke. Going home, Grant, Devin, and Kevin. We hardly knew you. <laughs> we hardly knew you. <laughs> I she she even like sounded disappointed as she called Luke's name like I can't believe I'm doing this. It's like oh, I guess I have another week of this shit to she, deal with. It's like can you hear how miserable you're making yourself? It's a true I don't know how to quit you moment. Yeah. Um I did think that she clearly or at least either they recut it this way. We know that Luke was last rose because one of the guys mentioned it. But it seems like she started with the guys who were least involved in the drama, even though a couple of them, like Dustin and Connor, are not the people that she seems to have the strongest connection with. There were there was some sort of editing with the the Order of the Roses, because at one point, like, the number switched back, I noticed, on the mm. table. So they definitely moved around, I think, at least when Garrett got his. Oh. Yeah. To make it Yeah, more dramatic. Um, so on the way out, uh, the guys are all baffled by the fact that Luke stayed over them. Uh, but, you Honestly, know. Honestly, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't. I mean, I I can understand wondering why Luke is staying, but it's not like any of them had a particularly strong showing. Right. I guess I more mean that. Uh, Kevin is like, I think Luke likes to win no matter what the cost. And the cost now is Hannah's happiness and sanity. Probably. He's correct. That that is the biggest truth nugget dropped on this episode. It was a good line. Yeah. So they they leave and Hannah says, and now we talk. I didn't really feel like she said anything they super They don't really new. talk, though. No. Usually when she says, and now we talk, it means I'm going to say some things to you. He's like, I'm going to say two to four sentences. In yeah. a row. Yeah. I mean, once again, she's just like, I don't know if I see a future with anybody. I feel really bad after this week. I don't want to feel this way again. Good night. She says in exactly that manner. So that is the end of Scotland. And next time we see them, they are in Latvia. It looks lovely. It really does look nice. I was like, I want to go to Riga. Yeah. Riga seems good. It has that that sort of Baltic city sort of vibe. It looks like they are allowed out of the hotel for at least, you know, 15 minutes of filming. So yeah. they must be delighted. <laughs> yeah. uh, unfortunately, we don't get much of this because we, we do get a quick uh, cut to Chris Harrison and Hannah having coffee in Latvia. Right. It looks like they're in, like, the lobby restaurant of a nice hotel or something. Right. But then we we end up dipping real quickly into well, so because they have sort of a one-on-one heart-to-heart right could have been the whole right. heart-to-heart that was what was so weird is like they did the heart-to-heart in Riga and then they're mm-hmm. like actually let's tape another heart-to-heart clearly filmed like a week ago 
so we can fill time. When okay, so we're gonna get into when we yeah. think it was actually filmed because I'm not sure. But they the first conversation is in Latvia, and she she's like in a sweater, and like they're just like chilling at this uh, she starts restaurant. Crying within thirty seconds, and she doesn't seem really able to like articulate her feelings yet. She so, seems exhausted. Yes, and and still really ambivalent about what she's gonna do. Um, and she mentions again that she doesn't feel like they want to know who she is, and she hasn't really been asked any questions. <laughs> um, so that seems like something, again, that I'd like to see addressed. Um, and he's like, there's a lot of drama, right? Mm, that takes a toll. And she's like, yeah, I thought I would understand my feelings more by this time. Uh I expect a lot, but I don't want to settle. And I'm not sure if this process is going to work for me. How does it work for anyone? And he's like, is it going to work? And she's like, I just said, I don't know. (laughs) He's like, it is, though, probably, right? Um, And at this point, they clearly are like, we need to spend another 40 minutes really (laughs) digging into what Hannah says at this point in Latvia. So suddenly, and what has she said the entire for the entire season before this? Like we need to absolutely bring everyone back up to speed on everything they've just witnessed again. Yes, well, we and we're still know. gonna get the men tell all episode where they do a lot of recapping as well. Right, Honestly, please kill me. <laughs> I mean the the way that they uh, that they cut this together though really makes it feel like they're having this like little heart to heart in Latvia, and she's like. I just don't know if this process is going to work for me. And then it's like sirens and they're like, let's get her into hair and makeup now. We got to get her in a sparkly mini dress by a fireplace because they just like I know that's not the order it was filmed in. But they're just like, oh, my God, a serious heavy topic. Let's get her in front of a fireplace with and Chris Harrison in formal wear. Because they had her speak about it as though they were filming it right then. Right. But they were clearly in L.A. Right. So this definitely was filmed after the season. Or at some point in the season where they're back in the U.S. Because after, like before Hometowns, I think they often are back in in L.A. My feeling is that they probably had some scheduling things with um, ABC or they decided later, you know, that this was, they needed to fill that time and then they filmed it. I really think it was filmed recently. I am not sure because... I don't know. I was listening to Bachelor Party, and Juliet points out that Hannah says this thing about how Luke is the best kisser. And I'm really curious if she would have said that after sending him home. And it looks to me like from the preview, like he goes home on a fantasy date. I don't know. We may never know. They like to keep it up in the air. Um. So we don't really need to talk about this. I don't think it's worth our time. We've also really spent a lot of time talking about even the one hour. Yeah, we knew we had a lot of time to burn <laughs> on that. So we went for it. I mean, the, the basically the whole thing is just Chris like bringing up moments of drama or like good moments with the guys throughout the season. And then sort of prompting Hannah to react. And then her being like, yeah, yeah, that was wow. That was so frustrating. It oh my reminds God. me of those like. It's a Wonderful Life Christmas movies where it's like then you like drop in on the town and you see like what's been going on and your <laughs> your faith in humanity is restored. Like it works pretty well on her. By the end, she's like, oh, I do love these <laughs> these Looney Tunes. Yeah, Chris is like, 
now that we've gone through everything, don't you think that these men are actually the best people you've ever met in your entire life? And, and she's, she's like, like, wow, yeah. Totally. <laughs> definitely. They didn't ask me a single question, but I guess that doesn't matter. But remember when a dog stole Jed's Halo Top and who can blame them? Halo Top is so good. Even dogs love it. And like Jed even wants to eat the Halo Top again after the dog licks it because Halo Top just has that. It's like it tastes like ice cream, but it doesn't have the calories. Halo Top is Halo the Top real paid winner for this of whole this season. season. <laughs> Dear God. Um, and we then, learned she named her Zit Marcus. Oh God. I can't even go there. I can't. I can't. I, we have to draw the line. We saw a really awkward interaction with her and Jonathan where I just ended up feeling really sympathetic for Jonathan and, like, no sympathy for her. I was I, like, wow, I, this feels mean. That was so awkward that I muted it. Like, I had to watch. It was awkward. I mean, mute. I had complicated feelings about this. It's basically Jonathan trying to set himself up for her their first kiss by being trying like— Trying so hard. I'm a man so of bad. passion, and one of my passions is for basketball. Here's a tiny basketball. <laughs> I made it. And, you know, I'm always ready to shoot my shot oh, if you're willing to take that risk with me. And finally she's like, okay. And he like sort of goes in, but then she like swerves him. I was like, both of you are really not handling this well. Because like that's not a way to make – you can't like coyly like use a little analogy to set it up and then like not read any of her cues that she doesn't actually want to kiss you. But then she says okay and then swerves him. I was like, both of you, get it together. This is not a first kiss etiquette lesson here. So I think overall we can agree that this segment was largely useless, except for the extended promo that we get right at the end, which is like the reward for making it through. Mm -hmm. And they did something that I thought was really weird, where they essentially spoiled the entire interaction that we're going to see between Luke and Hannah. Um, And they showed that he is definitely the one who slut shames her. He explicitly says he doesn't want her to he wants to make sure she's not sleeping around. We see in her entire extended monologue about that and how he doesn't own her. He says to her, we see this, the marriage bed should be kept pure. Oh my god. He is so repulsive. This is so bad. But I wonder what you think the tactical reasoning was behind them showing us this whole thing. Did they want to assure the audience that Hannah will send this villain home at some point? Did they just feel like it doesn't even matter if we spoil it because you're still going to want to watch it? I think that's what yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's like this, is, this isn't this is a misunderstanding. This isn't like people talking behind people's backs. This is like explicit, this is explicit like must-see TV. And I also think after – like Hannah's reputation has taken a bit of a – like has absorbed some of the shock of the Luke situation. And you need – they need to remind you that she's still – this woman who speaks her mind, who's not going to, you know, be sidelined by this guy. Yeah. And it's she the most effective way to do it. definitely does say marriage. I believe marriage is between a man and a woman. Well, she says, I believe sex is made sex, for sex is within ma- marriage between a man and a woman, which is even more. It's really concerning. Um, <laughs> I would love to hear her publicly comment yeah, on I that. Yeah, I would like her com- to comment on that. I mean, there is a world in which... She could say she was specifically referring to sex for herself. But I do believe that um, that language is quite telling and uh, concerning. Yeah. Yeah. It's very concerning. But they also put that in on purpose. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's interesting. She's doing this thing that's like, I'm very sexually liberated. And also I hold the same conservative 
religious beliefs right. about it's, sex. It's, it's actually doing what The Bachelor always tries to do, which is please both sides of their audience. Um, because they, we, as we've spoken about before, The Bachelor and Bachelorette audience is very united in certain demographics, you know, overwhelmingly white, overwhelmingly middle to upper middle class to wealthy, uh, well-educated, but politically pretty diverse. Yeah, I like it's it's doing that that balance that the show does between being like very conservative and oriented towards conservative values while also basically implying that they have sex with three different people. And during that, the show. And that's shaming them for that is right. wrong, which it's like, it is. It's like the Britney Spears thing, sort of, of just like, we're very sexual, but also not sexual because being sexual isn't godly. But it's also good. Like, it's it's a little, it's and trying to toe Hannah's that line. And also Hannah's a strong woman, but also ultimately believes in conservative values of what a strong woman does. Right. Yeah. It's It's a complicated dance and it's. I was, does not work. I uh, was a little but, like, I feel like that's all going to be so interesting to talk about. And I do get kind of sometimes frustrated with when they spoil a lot of something that's going to be really meaty to discuss. And exactly. then by the time it arrives, I'm like, we've already been talking about this. I think that's why it upset me that they spoiled it so much. Like I Because think, they very strongly suggest that she sends Luke home after that conversation. It's and right. It's, because what's that last thing she says? Like, I'll never, you know. I mean, he's not yeah. coming back from that. And it thing. seems pretty clear that that's a fantasy suite date, which yeah. means we also kind of know how far he gets. Like, it's not even like he could be going home on any date. It's like we know exactly. And then the whole thing where Chris is like, he's here with the ring and he thinks, like, I don't me, think that's him. I do. I think that's a misdirect. I don't. And maybe I'll be totally wrong, but like, they've already given so much away and it's hard for me to imagine any other guy pulling that. It's such a Luke Unless move. Unless it's an ex. It's such a Luke move. Oh, yeah, it could be an that's, ex. That was my only other thought that it might be an ex. But Apparently yeah, yes. her exes are also terrible. So. I'm shocked <laughs> from what she said. Um, but yes, yeah. if it's one of the guys, but it it's would be such Luke. a Luke yeah. move because it would be the in his adult mind the way he, he thinks he could come back from that, which is like, let me make it all better. I'll put a ring I'll give on you it. A right. ring. Yeah, I'll give you a diamond, and you will forget that I told you that you but were also, an we'll impure whore we'll who should be with anyone else. Also, a way maybe of trying to like. Act- actively cock <laughs> being like I need to actually get engaged to her lock before it down the fantasy before dates are screw over. Anyone. Now I'm just writing this in my head. Oh my god! I'm gonna do a screenplay. Whatever. Either way, I'm still um, kind of excited in a twisted way to see this play out. I'm excited yeah. to see whether the other. I mean, I assume the other guys will find out and what the read there will be because, like, the fantasy dates are usually everyone kind of agrees not to talk about them. I think yeah. I'm also curious to see what the public response will be um, from some of these men now that we do have the whole, like, social media mm, right. round of and, – and also on the men tell all, whether that will be discussed. Because mm-hmm. there is there is a lot to dig into, and I think that the show often dances around purity culture, and this will be – you know, it's being spelled out quite explicitly. yeah. Um, I have to say, overall, I feel like this episode was a power play by ABC being like, yep, we can make you watch anything. And look, they did. And they did. Um, Should we talk a little bit before we wrap up about the newly um, announced VIP cast? Yes. Uh, I, as Hannah implored me to, stayed <laughs> on the line throughout the Grand Hotel premiere 
to see the Bipcast. <laughs> Claire is the real hero. And I still missed a bunch of them somehow, <laughs> but they're also published on the internet, of course. I don't know what I was doing. Um, some of the cast, uh, I don't know if I have a complete list here. We're going to see Demi, Kaylin, Wills, Sydney, Annalise, Kevin, Onyeka, Nicole, Katie, Derek, Derek, uh, Derek. Jane, Hannah G, Clay, John Paul Jones, Tasha, Chris Bukowski. Oh, my they God. They just toss him in there. <laughs> Remember when he retired? Publicly retired. I mean, also, it just makes you realize how young some of these people were when they first went on. Right. They, so like, it's oh, very... Chris is only 32, but I think of him as like... Seven generations ago, but right. he's already. But he was like the young romantic on his. Right, season. he was he was the young one on his season, and now he's like still a he's completely a appropriate pro. age. <laughs> yeah. He and Derek he, are the same age. Uh, but he he retired. But he needed to be done. I mean, look, a lot of these people probably needed to be done. We've also I've heard other rumors that like Christina Schulman is coming back, which uh, it's just I don't know. I don't know, guys. <laughs> But I am kind of excited by this cast. Yeah. It's a good mix. Yeah. And we know that Sydney and Tasha and Nicole are very close with each other. Um, Katie and Katie told us that Hannah G was like her best friend in the house. So I think we'll be seeing some fun like BFF ships. Yeah. Bibiana is back. And I like I want Bibiana to get to get some attention. Yeah, I want her to get more involved in the dating. This exactly. Time. I want yeah. her to get romantic attention. She's incredible. She's really been been shortchanged, I think, in this uh, bachelor economy. Uh, uh, we're also going to see Cam, Kevin, and Blake, who we did hear. Oh, Blake Mild is going to be. Yeah. We heard Blake from Reality Steve. If you follow Reality Steve, we heard Blake is going to have a really bad looking season. So He is going to be Dean Plus, apparently. Oh, no. Which, to have your hearts broken. None of this is surprising. Obviously, Blake is coming in with this shiny reputation. He's adorable. He seems very sweet and vulnerable, which means that, like... Right, it's the total yeah, deal. Oh, God, it's going to be a disaster for him. Right. It can't work out. Yeah, I mean... Also, Chris Bukowski <sighs> getting original cast. Like, well done, sir. I... Why? I don't know, but why would they... I mean... Why? I don't know. I... I I'm really nervous. I'm along for, for the ride. I'm ready. Just by the end, by his last appearance, it was just, like, so messy. It was so sad. And tragic. But I guess he's had some time to regroup. He's looking for love. Annalise, meanwhile, mm. had such a rough season. I hope things go a little bit better for and her. And the kind of rough season where you're not just, like, that was a rough go of it, but, like, maybe you're not cut out for this. Which, like, fair. I'm not either, but I... I'm I'm worried for her. I'm just gonna say. I'm okay. Just gonna do say you I'm think for her. a little Annalise Chris Bukowski potential? Probably. They both need a they both they both need a little redemption, a little love story. I'm trying I to could think definitely who else. see that happen. I've seen a lot of people. Oh, Demi, we're also missing from this list. Um, no, I mentioned Demi. Oh, uh, but I've seen a lot of people shipping Demi and John Paul Jones, which would be television gold. Yeah, that would be amazing. I think John Paul Jones is really going to shine on Paradise. You can't have a name like that and not shine on Paradise. It's one one begets the other. And like Demi <laughs> was essentially a rope is like a robot built for Paradise. Yeah, it's going to be good television. 
I'm I ready. Wonder, I'm do ready you think for that it. like Kaylin and Hannah G will shine or will they kind of end up falling into the background? I think that Hannah G is going to want to settle down with someone early. Early, yes. And will fade into the background. But I think that Kaylin will be more in the in the mix. More of a Tia type thing. Yeah, I see her being like a popular pick and like willing to like you know, get go where involved. the yeah, yeah go where Hannah the wind G, takes her. Yeah. I like feel like if, Hannah G's going to find one dude, unless it's Blake, and then she'll be yeah. just caught up in the drama. No, right. it's true. Hannah could definitely get fucked over. I feel like I could see Kaylin being willing to be like, I know that he already went on a date with her, but like he's into me, and we're going to explore that. I feel like that's more her persona, and I feel like Hannah's is more like either I'm quiet and like in a relationship the whole time or uh, like more like victimized <laughs> I feel like she's gonna try to play it pretty safe and do quiet. we have any other couple guesses like Dylan oh Dylan is also apparently going to be on Paradise even though sorry mild spoiler Dylan is going to be on Paradise I don't know anything about most of these people so it's really hard to like some of them like Jane like original cast person who was only on one episode of the show, you know, some of these people we don't really know much about yet. Um, so I look forward to getting to know them more and seeing them explore love on the beach. And I think we should wrap it up there because we've really made quite a full episode out of this. <laughs> Thank you so much, Maddie, for coming on and chatting through this, you know, with us. Truly a dream. <laughs> And now it's time for Feminism Fails. And this episode squeezed in a couple during the brief actual runtime of the episode. First and biggest, Chris tells Hannah that the men are behaving badly because, quote, they're crazy about her. Uh, This is just toxic messaging to send to, to women about how men around them behave when they actually care about them. Uh, it's a sort of boys will be boys lingo. It implies that like aggression and possessiveness uh, are things that you should expect from people who are in love with you. And that's not the kind of message we hope women sh- are getting from the media that they consume. So we're going to give that a five. Next, Hannah asks Luke to respect her decision to send him home and he decides instead to fight for her. We're going to give this one a four. This is, again, just really, really negative messaging to send women. It is kind of in that same idea that male aggression and over persistence, even in the face of women's explicit uh, request that they back down, is what romance is made of. And that is really, really damaging and can put women in the position to say no over and over and over again and also to accept a sort of um, rejection of those clear no's as something that is just part of the romantic process. So we really, really hope that the franchise can step away from that kind of toxic messaging. Mm. But in the preview, we see so many feminism fails to come, and we can't wait to enumerate those (laughs) for you in the coming weeks. But that's to come. (laughs) 
And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Maddie Kahn, and of course, our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. Please subscribe to Here to Make Friends wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a moment of Hannah's season recaps. And give us a five-star rating and review. It helps other people find our show. You can also give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Here to Make Friends Pod. And you can follow us individually on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week for episode seven of The Bachelorette. And if you're still listening, remember to come to our live show. The tickets are almost sold out, but it's at the Bell House in Brooklyn on Thursday, July 25th. Bring a friend. You can buy tickets at the link in our Instagram bio or find them on thebellhouseny.com. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Emma, what's the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would it be sleep? Would it be get a delicious pastry from the bake shop around the corner? Would it be, I don't know, get some actual writing done? Yeah. Read a book. I mean, my list is extremely long these days. There are not a lot of hours to spare. And, you know, a lot of us do spend our lives wishing we had more time. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and actually make it a priority. Yeah, this is something that I am often working on with my therapist. It helps you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it.